Hi, this is Gerald Salenti, and it's Wednesday, August 24th, 2022. And we are very honored, truly honored, to have with us again, as we do every Wednesday, Judge Andrew Napolitano, uh, a, a man of dignity, grace, kindness, caring, knowledge, and an authority that does not exist in the world of the so-called media world, or hardly in what used to be called the uh, justice system in America. A man that lives by the Constitution, the Bill of Rights, and knows about it and how we're losing it. And uh, Judge, thanks for being with us again today. And you have an article coming out tomorrow about basically, you know, we're living in a, uh, a communist state. Of uh, or, or Gestapo state where the government can invade our private property at any time. And it's really something that I, 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 I would suggest that the American Revolution was also based upon. Yes. That yes. Uh, good morning, Gerald. It's always a pleasure to be with you. I mean, one of the, the last straws that tipped the minds of colonists in favor of revolution was the Stamp Act enacted by the British Parliament supposedly to raise money. So every piece of paper in your home, uh, every pamphlet, every financial document, every letter, even a poster you were going to nail to a tree, every newspaper had to have uh, a British stamp on it. You had to go to a, a British post office, sort of, and, and pay for the stamp. Of course, uh, some students at uh, what was to become Princeton University did some calculation and realized it cost more to enforce this than was generated by the stamps. How was it enforced? It was enforced by the Writs of Assistance Act. See if this sounds familiar. Government agents went to a secret court in London and just said, we need a search warrant and they gave them a general warrant. So a general warrant doesn't name the place to be searched, doesn't name the person who allegedly committed the crime that they're looking for evidence for. It doesn't even name the evidence they're looking for. It basically says, search where you want and seize whatever you find. And British soldiers use these to break down the doors of colonial homes, ostensibly looking for the stamps. The cost of the British soldiers doing this and the very few amount of, of colonists who paid for the stamps made this thing more costly than it was generating. Well, what kind of a tax costs more to enforce than it collects in revenue? Unless it really wasn't a tax, unless its real purpose was to remind the colonists that the government could enter their property whenever it wanted on the pretext of looking for stamps on pieces of paper. This only applied to the 13 colonies. It didn't apply back to Great Britain or the king would have suffered the same fate as Louis XVI if he had tried to do that uh, to, uh, to his own people. The Stamp Act lasted for a year. The power of the government to get these secret warrants lasted until it was outlawed uh, by the Fourth Amendment in 1791. But what happened to Trump raid on Mar-a-Lago, what happens every day in the United States of America, either by FBI, local or state police, enforcing uh, these search warrants, is reminiscent of the very instances that 
impelled the, the founders to revolution. Government entering the threshold of private property on a pretext. You know, you talk about the Stamp Act costing more than um, the effects of what it was gaining. That's just about, you can say that about every uh, government regulation. Yes. It costs more than the, look at, look at the CIA. I mean, look at the trillions of dollars we spent since Harry Truman invented the damn thing. And look at all the wonderful accomplishments that they've had since then. Name me one. You know, going agency after agency. Well, their accomplishments are uh, either murdering people overseas that the government doesn't like. And, you know, the government's likes and dislikes changed with the wind. And their other accomplishments are the destruction of individual liberty uh, and personal privacy. I mean, the CIA charter, uh, and you can you can Google this, the CIA charter prohibits it from being involved with law enforcement and it prohibits it from engaging in surveillance in the United States. There were actually Republican members of the Senate who uh, insisted on this because they were worried that they were creating another KGB. It's 1947, World War Two is over, and the government is aiming its sights at uh, at Joe Stalin. And Republican senators said, "Wait a minute, we don't we don't want uh, another KGB here." But of course, those rules in the charter have not been honored at all. The CIA is physically present in every state house in the United States, wow. monitoring what state legislatures. And what governors do. I've had two governors tell me this. And one of them said, the CIA guy was very polite and basically said, you can kick me out. But if you do, my replacement will not introduce himself to you. He or she will get here. You just won't know who it is. <laughs> uh, I mean, <laughs> this is just uh, unbelievable. We are spies from the federal government spying on the state governments. Kick us out and we'll be replaced by spies who won't be gentlemen and won't introduce themselves to you. So these these are three letter entities that the feds have created in the name of safety, FBI, CIA, DEA, BATF, Bureau of Alcohol, Tobacco and Firearms, four letters. Uh, all they do is trample the Constitution, crush federalism. Uh, and crush individual uh, liberty. And Congress keeps giving them more and more money. Congress could stop this just by defunding them. But Congress is terrified of what these uh, entities have secretly come to learn about members of Congress. Why is the defense budget $780 billion, $30 billion more than Biden asked for? Because so many members of Congress are afraid of what the Intelligence Committee knows about them and will reveal if they don't vote for the defense budget. They also vote for the defense budget because the defense industry is strategically located throughout the United States and no member of Congress would vote against the budget that's going to enrich an industry, even if it's a form of socialism uh, that exists in that member's congressional district. So these things keep getting worse and worse and worse. I don't see an end to this until yeah. the federal government can't keeps printing money and can't pay its bills and collapses like a, a like an overripe apple. Well, again, you know, the United States is doing it and getting away with it because the whole world is a mess. I mean, look what's going on now with the euro. It's now below the value of the dollar. 
the lowest it's been since they invented the damn thing, what, 20 something years ago. And so the United States could get away with it. You look what's going on in, in China, their economy's going down and they have a debt to GDP ratio of almost 300 or above. Mm. So the mm. United States could keep playing this game because the rest of the world is so weak. And they, again, they just printed more money. They're sending another $3 billion of our money, what they call military aid to Ukraine. But, you know, people get angry at me because I express things in the proper language that they call vulgarity or cursing. It's not cursing when you're in a fight and you tell somebody, you know, I had enough of your effing crap. You know, that's not vulgarity. What, what a curse word is in vulgarity is when you call sending weapons of death, quote, military aid. It's not well, aid. It, it's, it's, um, it's weapons of death which extend a war that shouldn't have been fought in the first place. And quite frankly, I don't know how Biden's going to get out of this, Gerald. Uh, the Ukrainians are going to lose. Yeah. We will have lost $60 billion, which, which is more than the total annual military budget, military budget of Russia, and more than the total annual government budget, local, regional, and, and federal of Ukraine. <laughs> all of that, all of that uh, will be down the drain and Putin will still have the portions uh, of Ukraine, which he argues have always been a part of Russia. And I don't know how Biden gets out of it, really. I mean, no, Biden, no, but, but the people don't care. The average person doesn't care. They don't know. I got in a discussion with somebody the other night, a lawyer, a nice guy, and how we have to defend Ukraine. And you want to see this humanitarian crisis and repeating the crap that that everybody says, you know. And, 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 I, and I said... And he said, you know, this has been going on for 500 years. I said, stop right there. I said, it's been going on for 500 years, going back and forth. Then why are we getting involved in this? Right. You know, Putin, Putin is a butcher. But as John Adams once said, if we go around the world looking for monsters to slay, there will be no end to our search. And instead of exporting liberty, we will be exporting brute force. And some of those monsters might come right back at us. I mean, you would think that that lesson would have been learned. It's hard yeah. to find a period of five or six years in American history where we weren't fighting some sort of a war. Americans love, American presidents love to fight wars. They, they love to kill. They love to be the commander in chief. They, they love to beat the drums of patriotism and raise taxes and command the troops. That's not what Madison intended. The president as commander in chief meant the president as commander in chief in wartime, and only Congress can declare a war. When's the last time Congress declared a war? December eighth, nineteen forty-one. Yep, we fought thirty wars since then. Thirty-three zero. Not a single one was declared uh, by Congress. Probably Again, the most egregious example of this is George W. Uh, in Afghanistan and in Iraq, $2 trillion uh, gone and uh, a million innocent human beings dead. dead. And we condemn the Russians. <laughs> right. right. What hypocrisy. What hypocrisy. 
you know, going back to your what, what you're talking about with the um, the government uh, having robbed us of our privacy, uh, where do you think? And and you know, uh, referring to what they did with Trump, uh, what's the story that you see happening with uh, Trump and the FBI seizing those documents that he allegedly took with him that he was not supposed to? Well, the federal government uh, employs the best leakers uh, of secret information in the world. And their leakers in the DOJ have been leaking to the Washington Post and to the New York Times that the government now has over 700 classified documents that Trump either voluntarily surrendered or that it seized. And that in that category, are a few dozen that are marked top secret SCI. SCI simply means so secret that it can only be stored in and examined in a government room that's impervious to surveillance and and Wi-Fi, and that only certain individuals uh, whose names are listed in a secret list somewhere can watch it. Bottom line, Donald Trump will be indicted by a federal grand jury Uh, for violating the Espionage Act. I'm of the belief that the DOJ uh, decided to seek an indictment. And, you know, when if they seek an indictment, they're going to get it. A grand jury will indict a ham sandwich if the government prosecutors uh, wanted to. I'm of the view that the government decided to seek the indictment of him before they even uh, raided his house, that that was just the icing on the cake, that they already knew that he had taken top secret materials uh, with him. Why he took it, I don't know. It's not his property under the law. Now, the law might not be a just law. I don't believe in secrets. You don't believe in secrets. The government works for us. We don't work for the government. How can the government know some things that we can't know? But the government has written these laws that so uh, strictly uh, protect its secrets that it will go after a violator of the secrets with vengeance. Example, and this is a bitter irony, Donald Trump once said uh, Edward Snowden should be executed because he exposed the surveillance that the Bush NSA and Department of Defense, NSA works in the Department of Defense, uh, was engaged in surveilling every American. Trump is now about to be accused of violating the very same statute that his DOJ indicted Snowden for violating, for which he said Snowden should be executed. The statute is called the Espionage Act. It shouldn't be used against Snowden, in in our view, an American hero, and it shouldn't be used against uh, shouldn't be used against Trump because documents silently sitting in his locked safe don't harm anybody. But the law is to the contrary. Who's harmed by this? The egos. The egos of the national security state, the people that run the national security state. That's who's harmed, that that uh, Snowden got away with what he did, and they're not going to let Trump get away with what he did. So I get, you- I'm sorry to be saying this. You know, he's been my friend for 35, 40 years, uh, President Trump. His, his sister was one of my colleagues on the bench, and I met him through her. And then, of course, I met him at, at uh, Fox. He was at Fox Uh, once a week uh, for years. Um, You know, he has a lot of character flaws, but he's a far better president than what we have uh, now. But I'm convinced they're going to indict him. 
Uh, you know, again, you know, this, this country, what, what's the big deal here? You know, again, I'm no fan of Trump's, but what's, what's the big issue? And, and again, and then as you said, why did he take this stuff with him? And on the bigger note here, you know, this country is going down big time. We've lost our freedom. Uh, they could do anything they want to us anytime, do what they, we, we, we've lost it. We have, we have no freedom at all. And uh, you're censored if you say what they call misinformation. You're, um, you're blackballed from the media if you won't say what they want their audience to hear. And look what's going on now. $80 billion, $80 billion going to the IRS, which they shouldn't even be one as I see it. Uh, and who are they going to go after? No, they're not going to go after the big rich people. They know how to beat the taxes and they're playing the game and they know how to do it. They're going to go after what's left of small businesses and we, the people of Slavelandia. Right. And when you talk about the IRS, as you well know, when was it that uh, Woodrow Wilson invented the federal income tax? It was around 1913. He said it would never um, exceed 3%. And what is it now? Well, now it's about 39%, but in, in, in during Wilson's presidency, uh, before World War I was over, it was up to 90%. Uh, this was just, and, then, and then the so-called libertarian economist, before he had a, his PhD and before he became a superstar at the University of Chicago, working as a clerk in the Treasury Department, came up with the idea of government withholding a portion of your wages, government getting your, your wages before you do. His name was Milton Friedman. So income tax withholding was a stunt suggested by a uh, libertarian embraced by uh, the government. That's because the government doesn't work for us. We work for it. Literally, we work for it when it gets our money before we do. So, so the what is the average you think about 30 40 percent? It's probably about 40 percent because there's, there's no state in the union that doesn't have other taxes, even states that don't have income taxes have high real estate uh taxes. So, if you make um 500,000 uh, a year, you're going to pay 200,000 uh, to the feds. I mean, you have some uh, deductions in there. Uh, but it's become a it's become a game. Uh, it's become confiscatory. I mean, at some point, I, mean, I believe all taxation is theft. I believe the government should operate on a fee for service. You want a service from the government, just like you want a service from your your tailor or your barber or your doctor or your lawyer. You pay a fee for the service. Uh, instead, that's not the way it works here. You know, I live in a small town. In Northwest uh, New Jersey, it's 26 square miles. There's only 4,000 people that live on it, and the real estate taxes are out of sight. And I said to the mayor, "I said these taxes are terrible. How about if you compete with the next town over for my tax dollars? See who can provide me more services for less money." Now, this is a this gentleman's older than I am. He's a pig farmer. He's a conservative Republican. He's been the mayor for 40 years. He looks at me and said. I never heard such a communist argument in my life. Communist? It's the opposite of communist. It's free market. Let the governments compete 
with each other rather than just imposing a tax like the mob does, pay us or else. I said, I love you, Mr. Mayor, but you're a criminal gang up the block. Every time I write a check to you guys, that's what I think of. The criminal gang, write this check or else. And the criminal gang is in charge. Everywhere. Yep. So we have to do something. You know, this is, if the people don't unite at a higher level, we're finished. The cover of the Trends Journal this week is, um, you know, that uh, you, um, you support war, you support Satan. I, I say this every week. You have the best graphic artist in the business. Yep. In the business. Wow. I know. Anthony Frieda, a real man with a real heart. And that's what's happened. If you support war, you support Satan. And if you support these criminal, criminal groups called the Republicans and the Democrats, you're on the side of Satan because they're doing nothing for we the people. They, they look at all the money that they're stealing from us to keep bloodying the killing fields in Ukraine. Both parties are accomplices to it. Look yes. what they just passed with this thing, giving $80 billion to the IRS to steal no, more, more of our money. I don't we even need a new movement. And um, what we really need, look at the money. We, we just did an article in the Trends Journal two weeks ago. Uh, the midterm elections... $9.3 billion is going to be spent. $9.3 billion. Soros and all these others giving millions and millions to the candidates that they support. Wow. And, and it's, you call them you know, congressmen. They're, they're jerks. Government. We've got a bunch of clowns running the show. Look at the morons. Well, we Who's do that have jerk power. that just got reelected in New York running, running against somebody that was also in there for 30 years? What's that guy? Gerald Nadler. Who? Gerald Nadler. Nadler. What a little moron. He's chair of the House uh, Judiciary Committee. What a little arrogant, stupid moron. Gerald, they love power. Right in front of your eyes. A little arrogant, stupid moron. And get on the stage with all of the rest of them. Except the very few like Massey and and Rand Paul. Right. I don't know how Massey and Rand Paul put up with the people that they have to work with. I guess oh. they have a sense of humor. They laugh, they laugh at them. But the big government Republicans, uh, Mitch McConnell, Kevin McCarthy, and almost all Republicans are just as bad as the big government Democrats. It's just yep. a Republican version of big government, welfare for big pharma, big banks, and the rich. Versus yep. a democratic version of big government, welfare for uh, the poor and, and the middle class. All they want to do is divide up the spoils, and and what they gain by hiring another eighty, what they gain politically by hiring another eighty thousand IRS agents is beyond me. How could anybody campaign on that? Nobody likes the IRS. Yep. I, I I don't get it. I just don't get it. How that helps them? Oh, well, I'll tell you how that you get it. These are satan. These are mentally ill arrogant people that are running and ruining our lives. How anyone could look up to a politician, grow up, 
Like you talked about a pig farmer mayor for 40 years. For 40 years, this guy's playing mayor? Where you live? They keep the taxes down, but most of the taxes here in New Jersey are collected by the locals, but imposed by the county and the state. Uh, yeah. So, I mean, things like garbage collection. Club. It is a club. It is a government club. There's no question about it. And like George Carlin said, it's one big club and you ain't in it. Right. Thanks so right. much, Judge. We're going to take a break for the next two weeks. We'll see you then after Labor Day. And thank you for everything that you do and, and all that you give to uh, we the people of the United States. Thank you. Thank you, Gerald. All the best. Have a great vacation. Thank you.